1: you can hear a scream you're a disgrace and she slams the door in his drunken face and now he stands outside and all the neighbors start to gossip and drool
0: things blues and southern rock podcast a southern storm of bold liberating rock shot through with blues soul and gospel
2: and now your hosts for the show brian jones and jason johannes hello everyone welcome again to this episode of the all things blues and southern rock podcast with me and always this is jason and it's been a while since we've done this I was on vacation to Vegas. We stockpiled the episodes and we're back here and it's a good thing. And how are you doing, man?
3: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's funny. The magic of the entertainment world where we didn't miss a beat Mm -hmm. week after week because we did stockpile Mm -hmm. them. Nobody knew that. Nobody knew
1: that.
2: Yeah. We worked hard. You broke the illusion. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. How was your vacation, by the way? You and the wife went to Vegas? You know,
2: it's good. You know, Vegas is Vegas. You know, it's, it's, you know, here at the... Uh, airport here in fargo they do we like allegiant has like cheap flights like like vegas nashville which is we're going to talk about that yep um a couple other cities three or four but yeah so cheap flights and then you know from you know gambling here and there you build up points get free room so you know i it's you know i'm not the biggest gambler in the world but um just to go there you know a cheap vacation nice weather you know, I mean yeah, the show, kid. the the shows were, uh, you know, the Cirque shows were still not up and running yet. So, but you know, we walked a ton and uh, did a lot. Bought a bass guitar center. Oh, did you really? It's Now arrived, yeah. And, nice. Um, it's being set, actually, it's done being set up at the luthier. So, but uh, yeah, what no. Kind did was, you,
3: what kind did you get, man?
2: Uh, uh, Sterling by Music Man.
3: Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What color color is it? Black. Well, for some reason, the uh, the ones in all black. I don't know if they like made too many or something, but it was seventy dollars off. So,
3: gotta jump on it while you can, man. You're Mm -hmm. on vacation. Why not enjoy?
2: Yeah, for sure. It's got the just the one. You know, their Music Man pickups are pretty infamous, and yeah, they are just in the bridge. And there's something about me playing bass that I liked. Like, I don't know. I probably pluck too far underneath or the pickups are always in the way and that one's not so
3: there well be interested to hear what you can come up with playing that thing man
2: yeah
3: yeah. we'll have to start our band like doing it remote like, uh, so <laughs> right right, director, right. You know, guitar stuff do bass yeah stuff.
2: there you go there just you piece go it
3: together their garage band it'd be perfect um, so has gotta are... find a singer I can't yeah. sing
2: some other things going on, and you know, we got to do the thing with 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 uh, David from State of America. We did the quick hitter this last Friday, and you know, we talked about you know our big plans of you know we're going to be at the Rock and Pod Podcast Expo in Nashville in early August, and we're mm-hmm. certainly looking forward to that. And I thank you because uh, you know you told me you're going. I'm like, you know what, I'm going too. And yeah, that, you know that really that motivated. And I bought me that on.
3: last platinum package or right. whatever it was and that that covers the podcast which is really cool yeah, it's cool
2: man and you know we've you know it only uh, did it because
3: david kept harassing me by the way so, <laughs> i finally broke it's down. a good
2: thing <laughs> what else and then recently we've heard about you know the uh, uh, joyous wolf you know going on tour with dirty honey they're doing this tour these two california la bands which is going to be so-
3: man i would love to see that show I yeah. think that's going to be a super show, just the performances and the music. I, I really like what both those mm-hmm. fans are doing. And I went back and listened to the podcast because we actually recorded that podcast with Nick like a month ago or three yeah. weeks ago or something. And it was funny. And I know you, I know like you had to do some editing on stuff, but I want to rehear some of the musical, like the singer mimicking and something. It, oh, was, yeah. it, was, it was funny. He was really funny. Like
2: I laughed yeah. out loud a couple of times listening. Yeah, I send you that. I still got that for sure
3: but you know, I laughed at what we had in there, you know? Oh yeah. He was really, it was just funny. It
2: was just fun. Right. So we have an anniversary of a record.
3: We do. It's funny. We did the quick hitter with uh, David Hudson from state of America last Friday, last week. And it was the 20th anniversary of lions. And today, May 11th, when we're recording this and my dogs agree, they were locked up upstairs and somebody let them out. Um, Today is the 29th anniversary of arguably the greatest modern rock record out there, which is the Southern Harmony Musical Companion by the Black Rose. What do you what
2: do you say? Oh, it changed my life. I know we've talked about it several times, and I saw that earlier. I think those uh, David must have mentioned it on State of a Work on did, Twitter or yeah. something. Um, the the thing that's really cool is that and I don't know if a lot of people know this is that twenty years earlier, same date. 1972 the stones release exile on main street now i've Classic. got a, have got a trilogy you know all three 20 years apart you know so the last one is 40 years from the first but you know uh the stones exile on main street 20 years later on the same date uh the crows release the southern harmony musical c- companion the next the third final chapter of that trilogy for me and although it wasn't on the same date it was in 2012 Is Blackberry Smoke, uh the Whippoorwill. Will.
3: Yep, which is arguably well my favorite album uh, so far. And classic.
2: I, the all the first time that I was kind of uh presented with the Southern Harmony and musical Confanian, a good friend of mine, you know, we went driving around driving around town of Grand Forks, and he goes, You know, like this record really flows well, just like Exile Main Street. And I agree. I mean i also remember like I had that on cassette at some point and one of the first times I ever listened to it uh, at this restaurant I was working at the time and I was, I was hung over that day and I got <laughs> over my hangover, like listening to that over and over. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's so it, that you were living right? hotel illness, right? Exactly. Um, so it was like, just so like a, like a journey. I mean, it's, it's so good the way they take you to this other place, you know, and that's just you know, I, same with Exile, same with Whippoorwill. So, yeah, uh, Southern Harmony Music Companion changed my life. You know, definitely the Black Crows—they kicked the door open. That's why the State of Morica is here. That's why we're here. That's why you know, it's they just they just opened opened a floodgate that so many others would walk through. Even though there was some delayed reaction to that. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, just to come to mind, you know, the first Cry Love record, Brother, you know, I I, I think if they, you know, if they had come out at this time where they weren't, weren't dependent on selling millions of records, I think they would have been a lot more successful. Now, Oddly, Freed might go, hey, it's okay. I played with the Crows. I played with Joe Perry. I played with Peter Frampton, Cheryl Crow, on and on. So he's absolutely had, you know, a very successful career post-Cry Love. So...
3: Yep. Do you have a favorite track on the, on the Southern Harmony album?
2: Uh, I think probably uh, Black Moon Creeping.
3: Okay. I like um, My Morning Song because when you hear them play that live, and especially when they're doing the extended version of it, it's mm-hmm. like a Crow's concert experience in one song. It starts, it goes to a high place, it goes down a little bit, then it end, you know, ends in another high place. So it just, if you ask me, what in one song, what would a Black Crow's concert experience be like? It would be that song.
2: Well, I mean, that's that whole backside of that record, you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, going from hotel no to No speak, illness. no
3: slave. Yeah, like, it's cranking.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, what a great record. What a great, great record. record.
3: Happy anniversary, 29 years. Hard to believe. So I remember being in high school and when that thing cranked out and going, wow, like Remedy, I think Remedy was the first uh, single release and that, and video release and seeing that thing and going, I dig it.
2: You know, and, uh, you know, those guys, you know, specifically Rich, when they started out, he was pretty young, you know, like 19. And uh, I definitely think that on that note, it's a good segue, you know, to talk about, you know, younger musicians when they started out you know uh and that uh probably is a good segue into our guest
3: you mean for like teenage guitar players for sure oh our guest so our guest is the singer from the cincinnati area from my where i grew up uh of a was you know i would say caused a little bit of a blues rock resurgence and in, in the 90s late 90s early 2000s with their hit blue on black and and you know, playing with bb king and doing some things but it's uh noah hunt who's the singer of the kenny wade shepherd band
2: and what a wonderful guest he was and is is the guy that he is that
3: uh, very very happy you know has a lot of good stories to tell um they're getting ready to get back on the road with kenny wade shepherd they've got an album in the can they're just waiting for the right time to release it so Once everything gets going, man, there's some big things coming back out with the Kenny Wade Shepherd Band, and those guys can still kill it. Kenny Wayne can still play, and Noah can still sing.
2: And uh, we certainly enjoyed it as always, and I know you guys will all enjoy it. So hang on here, and we're done talking, and sit back and listen to our interview with Noah Hunt from the Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band and 420 All-Stars. Welcome to this week's episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. Specifically, welcome to the guest segment of this episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. As always, Jason, uh, you get the privilege to tell our listeners who we're talking to today.
3: Thank you very much, Brian. It is my pleasure to have on a Cincinnati native from my home area, uh, somebody who crosses both lines of both blues and Southern rock. It's very well known with his his band that he's in. You'll you'll recognize the name when we when we get into it a little bit. It's uh Mr. Noah Hunt. How you doing, Noah? I'm doing great, guys.
4: Thanks for having me on.
3: Uh thanks for being patient with us as we go through our
4: technical difficulties. <laughs> tech well, demons. The older I get, the more patient I get. It seems like. <laughs> Thank you.
2: <laughs> Slowing down, I guess. We love the tech demons. I know.
4: You guys we are way it. more technical than I am, man. I can't even <laughs> I can barely get this thing going. So <laughs> And you're a performer for a living. So, you know. Yeah. Well, I just yell into a microphone and, and turn up a, a guitar amp. That's, that's luckily, that's all I have to do.
3: And it's worked for you for this long, right? have.
4: Yes. Thank God. But
3: yeah, thanks for, thanks for getting on with us. I know you're a busy guy. You've got some shows coming up, some things with one of our guests that we've had on before, too, that we'll get into. So we do appreciate your time. My pleasure. Well, so we usually start off with man, how did you kind of, how did you get into music? Like, tell us a little bit about yourself.
4: Well, I mean, I've been singing all my life. I, I guess we could start at the beginning. When I was four, my parents got me piano piano lessons at, a, at the Baldwin Piano Factory here in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, it was cool, man. It was like in the early 70s and real state of the art for the time. You know, we all had our own headphones and our own mixes. And yeah, you know, I learned how to read music and sing. Singing always came naturally to me, even as a kid, you know. Um, and then, uh, you know, I learned how to how to do that. And I taught myself to play guitar when I was sixteen because I really wanted to be in a band. Um, I just took like theory that I had from the the, the piano and and kind of translated it to the guitar. And uh, you know, but like I said, singing was always my my number one my number one thing to do. I wanted to be Jimi Hendrix, but I could. <laughs> Never could quite get there, you know.
3: Would you? So when you were singing, did you sing like choirs at church or school? Did you
4: take lessons? I did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we had the, the lesson started when I was a kid, and then, well, when I was in middle school, I guess I started to sing in choir, and I would do uh, also solo singings for in competitions for the school. Um, and then, you know, so we we started a band when we were sixteen, and we didn't have any equipment, and we had a gig. So we borrowed some equipment from the school band, uh, and we got caught.
3: <laughs> oh, it was that kind of borrowing.
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> we were gonna, we were gonna try to replace it, but we did the gig because we're genius sixteen year olds. We did the gig, <laughs> and uh, of course, all of our friends came and they saw some of the band's equipment there. And before we could replace it, we we got busted. Um, so you
3: weren't taking like the tubas and clarinets and oboes? No,
4: no, we took like a couple. Crate amps and some SM-58s and, you know. <laughs> nice. What kind of band things. were you in? What kind of school did you go yeah, to? Yeah,
2: What what kind of band room did you guys well, have
4: this was, yeah, I guess the band was pretty hip, man. I wasn't in the <laughs> band. I was in the chorus, but, you know, okay. the room was right next to it. No, it was just a public school um, out in the, well, I grew up in Cincinnati. Right. For, and and uh, when I was about 11, we moved just out of town to what was called Pierce Township. Yeah. So it was kind. Of, it was you know it was really the country then, mm-hmm. and I got I was in a school called New Richmond.
3: Yep. And uh, you were in our Arth- so I went to Little Miami schools originally. They're just south of Lebanon, you know, by mm-hmm. Kings and all that. And it's nice I, we there, played yeah. you guys every once in a while
4: and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so you know, then after the whole uh, band incident, I was <laughs> told I wasn't really welcome back at the school. Oh, so my, my, my parents <laughs> said, well, now, son, now you're going to private school. So I, you know, I got into a, a pretty good private school here in, in the city called the Summit Country Day. Yeah. Country Day. Yeah. Country yeah. Day. Yeah. 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 You know what? It, it's what I needed at the time. It, it kind of straightened my ass up. It, it really did. Um, uh, yeah. So then so then I got sent there. I kind of straightened up and I still played music. I played and I went to college. I went to a college called Miami University. Yep, that's where uh, my wife graduated I, from. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fun, fun place. Yeah, it is. Uh, and I, you know, I was in. I, I, so I got an English lit degree, but I was, you know, playing music three and four sure. nights a week. And I got out of college and dad said, OK, now you're going to take the LSAT. Right. And I said, yeah, I guess I, said, <laughs> I didn't do too well in the LSAT. He, he says that I bombed it. Uh, and so you're not a lawyer. No. <laughs> dad wanted me to be a lawyer uh, mom wanted me to be a, a writer an author and i said i want to be a musician and uh i'm gonna get you know give it a whirl and they said you know what okay as long as you can pay your bills i don't care and you know and then then i was i was writing music and i you know i really wanted to to make my own thing and you know they, they heard some of my stuff and they were like okay well it, you know, it's better than just a hobby. Okay, <laughs> they could kind of get behind me. And yeah, so then, you know, I started in on the local music scene down here. And at that time, it was the early 90s, and they were calling Cincinnati the next Seattle. You know, the, there's some bands that got signed out of here, the Afghan Wigs, the Asconys, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Over the Rhine. A band yeah, Over the Rhine.
3: God, I saw those guys a billion times in college. I love billion. those guys
4: they're one they're wonderful people too they're still around oh I, they seem they
3: seem like it yeah i know they were yeah. they did something around the holidays at their farm where like you could live stream and
4: yeah and yeah they're they're lenford and karen are wonderful people so yeah man i just uh i stuck stuck with it and started playing in, in smoky bars four and five nights a week i had my own band called uncle six and i wrote mm-hmm. all the stuff for it um and eventually a guy in town, his name was Bill Skull. And he was, the, at the time, he was the largest independent uh, record promoter in the country. And for the listeners that may not know, a record promoter in, back in the old days when there were radio stations, um, they would promote the records. The record companies would pay them a bunch of money. sometimes not you know even legally there was a big thing called the payola scandal
3: pay to play man pay to play
4: right so you know so he was that guy Uh, and and he started a management company on the side and he was he had a band i think blessed union of souls was a band he had oh yeah
3: yeah they're from then Cincinnati. yeah yeah right yeah and and they had
4: some other some some uh r&b and hip-hop acts that actually made the money and I was kind of a pet project of his, you know, I was 23 years old. He he loved me and he loved my stuff. And, uh, so they took me under their wing and he got, he got my stuff everywhere. He got it with, you know, cause he had connections throughout the industry and he got me a lot of attention with, uh, labels like Atlantic and, uh, RCA, you know, we would do showcases, they'd come to town, the whole thing, like the whole nineties deal. <laughs> and, uh, I, I eventually ended up Atlantic wanted to just sign me and I wanted to take my band because I'm like, no, nah, man, we're a band, you know, <laughs> and I, I love those guys. So RCA said, yeah, we'll take we'll take the band, but we'll we'll give you a spec deal and develop you as an artist. And I'm like, no, nah, that's fine. Whatever. I didn't care. So I moved to Philadelphia for a summer and I was making demos there in, in Philly at, at a studios called Rough House. It's where the Fugees used to play. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So I was in there, you know, we made some really great demos. Uh, and I don't think it was, it was lighting up the, the higher up at RCA, though. So not, not much was happening. And around that time, maybe it was 96, so I asked Bill Skull, my manager, if I could check this out. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I know those guys. I, I know their A&R guy, and I know their manager. So I sent them the demos I made from RCA. And uh, his A&R guy from L.A. called me the next day and asked if I wanted to come down to Louisiana. So, yeah, I went down there on a rainy night and uh, <laughs> there was a bunch of other people in there. You know, it was like set up like an audition and I met Kenny. I met the guys and I was like, I heard them play and I was like. This is the kind of band I want to get in, you know, because at the time I was kind of I was getting tired of like having to write everything and mm-hmm. nobody else was really contributing. And I just wanted to be in a kick ass band and take off. Was Uncle um,
3: Six more like a, a rock band, Um, like a like alternative rock, hard rock?
4: There it was it was like a harder Americana okay. kind of thing, like Sunvolt, Government Mule. Kind yeah, of the yeah, time. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and early government mule, early sun we'll kind of mix those together, you know. Uh, so, yeah, man. And I went down there and we hit it off. We went out all night, you know, bonded, and came back the next day and. You know, they said, OK, you know, we got this. They were all set up to go and. The singer that they had, I guess, flaked out, moved back to Canada, and left the whole thing in a dis- in, in disarray. Mm. So, I kind of just jumped in and came back home to Cincinnati and said goodbye, faxed my bags, and went to moved to Sausalito and started making this record. Uh, and it was great. It was really a dream come true because I had gone to visit Northern California with my dad when I was in high school he had a lot of friends that had moved out there in the sixties, you know, mm-hmm. and a, co- a couple of people were in uh, big in the music business there, worked with Bill Graham and stuff. So that I'd fit. run around, he, they'd take me around while dad did his, his seminars. He was an attorney. Okay. Oh. Stuff, you know, stuff. <laughs> yeah. So he had, so he had, he had business. So while he was doing business, hey, he would part? take me around San Fran yeah. and, uh, so man i was so excited to go back there and i said you know who's who's producing it and they said jerry harrison and i was like yes because uh some friends of mine had just gotten signed uh, this band they were called the verve pipe yeah yep. they were out of michigan up there and uh you know you knew they were going to get signed it was all they were like way ahead of the game and uh they had a million dollar deal and they're like yeah we're moving out to we're going out to work with Jerry Harrison. I'm like, no way, you know? <laughs> and so, so it was all like, it was all like a real dream come true, man. Like, a, you know, I, it was, it was a real whirlwind for several years after that. Um, so, so yeah, that's all kind of well started. So with Kenny
3: Wayne, like, it wasn't like you guys met somewhere and became friends. Like we got to start a band. It's like, you sort of just kind of fell into working with him.
4: We did, man. And you know, it's like, I had heard them warming up. And we were supposed to learn three songs. And I was like, I said, can we do something? Can we just warm up? And he said, yeah. And I said, let's do Every Day I Have the Blues. And Kenny just launched into it. And he's 19 years old. He knows all that stuff already. Yeah. You know? And we just rocked that. And then we were like, okay, yeah. And he, was, he was like, okay, this is, gonna, this is cool. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. This is, so yeah, we really, we, kinda, we really bonded right away. Maybe the fact that he has two sisters, I have two sisters. We never had brothers. I don't know, you know, but it, it worked, you know, it worked musically and it, it worked personally. And, you know, still has. <laughs> yeah, Somehow, well, yeah, I mean, you know, you
3: guys are getting ready to get the show back on the road again, aren't you?
4: Yes, finally. So, so what's the plan? Uh, yeah, well, we're going to ease back into it at the end of June. Okay. I think we're going to start up in, you know, Iowa. Or they're going to post all the dates. All the dates are solid. So uh, we're really starting back up, I think, more in the end of August.
3: Yeah. That sounds like where a lot of people are really starting to yeah. set some, like, there's a lot of fall tours going on. I'm starting to see.
4: Yeah. And we're going to start making up a lot of the shows that we had uh, scheduled for the states uh, last year. Okay. We're going to start making those up this year. We can't go to Europe. I said, are we going to England in, in October? They said, no, you're going to Florida. But <laughs> I, I'll take it, man. <laughs> It'll be a little bit warmer in Florida. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so we're going to start doing that. And then, you know, um, and, at the same time, we've got another record in the can. Oh, do you? This, okay. Before this whole thing uh, blew up. Last year, I had gone to, before the whole pandemic hit, I had gone to Mexico, Guatemala, the Caribbean, India. You know, and in the states, New York, Texas, and then I ended up in LA for three weeks recording this record. And then I came back here to Cincy. And then they said, well, the, the whole, you know, world is shutting down. But luckily we had finished the record.
3: So yeah. you
4: know. Uh that'll probably we'll probably release that later this year.
3: Okay. You don't have a firm release date yet on it?
4: No, no. I mean, we really haven't had much of a chance to promote our last record, you know. <laughs> So when that came out, we were in the middle of that that tour, so you know it's 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 all been very interesting and it's it's been it's been tough, but yeah for sure. Light at the end of the tunnel, I think.
2: Now, Noah, Going back to when, uh, you know, you go down to audition for Kenny and they, had, you know, heard of your demos. Do, do you know if they if he had a lot of people auditioning, or do you were you like specifically sought out?
4: Well, they had been auditioning some people and uh, I guess without a lot of success. And I think they did kind of seek me out. We were, we, like I said, we had a mutual friend named Bill Williams who actually is still around. He's taken a lot of famous uh, shots of like Stevie and, and BB uh, King. Um, and he knew those guys and he he's from, he's a local guy too. He's from like, you know, North of Cincy here. Um and they 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 asked him specifically, hey, you know this guy? Isn't he from they knew I was from around up, up there? And uh, so they had kind of sought me out and you know, I, I think they kind of made it look like it was a big audition when I got there, because some of these guys were ringers, <laughs> you know, I think they just hired from the local casinos or something, you know. I don't know if any of these guys ever had a chance, but they wanted to make it definitely look like uh, there was a lot of a lot of interest. And I'm sure there was, but, uh, I don't know about necessarily that night.
2: And also interesting is like, you, have you stayed based yourself in Cincinnati? Yeah. You know,
4: I moved to, I lived in Northern California for a while and then, uh, moved back here for a little bit and then moved back to, we lived in Austin for about, for about a year. And then I lived in LA for a little while, but I've always come back here. I mean, I'm a Midwestern guy. My family's here. Uh, my, uh, you know, my my mom and dad are here still. And in between here and Chicago, my whole family is, you know, and when I was younger, I just, I, I really wanted to live somewhere else and, you know, go out and see the world, which I did. I just, I just got tired of coming home and it not really being feeling like home. So uh, yeah, eventually I came back and I, I'm glad I did. Yeah. Right
3: on. hard to shake the Cincinnati once it's in your veins, Brian. Uh, Yeah, I guess
4: so. Yeah, yeah.
3: I I was just down two weeks ago to see a Reds game. And I hadn't been the Reds because, you know, you couldn't go last year. And it was just so it was so nice to be back there and back to the stadium and see the downtown again.
4: Yeah, yeah. I I love how the sports teams are both downtown. You know, it feels very old school.
3: It, it, totally, man. I mean, how many times did you go to Riverfront Coliseum growing up to see the Bengals or the Reds play? Right, all yeah. in the same place. Concrete and all
4: Gumbel. sorts of all sorts of concerts, concerts. Too, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or well, even the Coliseum. Like you know, I went to a ton of shows at the Coliseum right next door.
4: Yeah, still, still down there. That's you know, I've never played there. There's I played at another place called the Cincinnati Gardens. It's not yeah. there anymore. Oh, the,
3: yeah. <laughs> did, didn't they knock that thing down? Now they didn't knocked they, like, it down right it? right yeah. after.
4: Yeah, right after we played <laughs> right there, we, op- we opened for Bob Dylan. It was 1998. Oh, no shit. We opened, for, we opened for Bob Dylan, and the oh, vice man. mayor came out on stage, a guy named Dwight Tillery, and he came out on stage and brought uh, – they gave me the key to the city and made someday in February Noah Hunt Day. <laughs> like some – You don't even know what day it is? I think it's February. I think it's February 19th. It's
3: February 30th? So it's something like that. <laughs>
4: Yeah, February Yeah, <laughs> you can celebrate it anytime. It doesn't exist. <laughs> so you, yeah. Oh man, the gardens it
3: didn't. Um, where's the cyclones playing there for a while? The minor league hockey. Yeah, the minor
4: league hockey team. I
3: saw a shitty arena football, like arena three team with oh, like yeah. um Nick uh, 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 what's his name? Nick uh, no Gaddoli, Gino Gadooli. who oh, played yeah. for UC yeah. for a bunch of years as the quarterback. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: Sorry, that Brian, was, we're getting now we're hey, about Cincinnati. We're going down that, yeah, that uh, tri state <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, did, did you ever play like the Cincinnati Music
3: Hall or anything?
4: Yeah, yeah, I played the Music Hall, the TAFs, oh, I mean, a bunch Taf, of yeah, of course. Yep. You know, the River Bend Music Center down here. Did you know. hit Bogarts? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The
4: first time we came to Bogarts was 1997, late, late 1997. We did it, it was fun, you know, it was packed. And uh, the next week or maybe a few weeks later, Polestar had an article saying that we had broken the booze record there in the 30-year history of Bogart. Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, that's what I always remember about our first time at Bogart. <laughs> they said that's because all of Noah's friends came. <laughs> right. Um, did you ever – so were you ever doing any blues music early
3: on, like when you are younger and kind of getting to play in your teen years and your 20s?
4: Um, you know, I mean, growing up, obviously, I was inundated with classic rock. Yeah. Um, So listen to W E B N like all day every day. You know, my parents did. My uncle did. I used to take. I had a little tiny record player when I was like four and five years old that I'd take and play their Beatles records on and scratch them up. Um, and then I got, I got more into their record collection as I got older. Then I discovered Floyd and, uh, you know. Clapton and sure. Allman brothers and stuff um, but i so I would listen to that kind of blues, like the the classic rock kind of blues um and then you know, when I was in college i just i, I couldn't take i liked hard i liked heavy metal music like in the early eighties, but I just couldn't take the the hair metal okay you know? and I just i I'm, I said I'm not listening to anything current anymore so then I really went back and I got into like the guys that influenced the guys that I listened to, you know, like the guys that influenced Stevie, like Buddy Guy, or even the guys that influenced Hendrix, you know, Robert Johnson and Hubert Sumlin. So then I really, and, and I just, you know, and as soon as I opened, you know, as soon as I opened that ancient tome, it just like, I was really enthralled by it. And, and yeah, so I, I I loved it. And that's when I really educated myself in the blues yeah and uh yeah and it it always spoke to me it was always my voice kind of always naturally went to that kind of music I I, you know some of my friends were singing that the the metal music in in high school and stuff and they could sing real high and I could never do that (laughs) so I so I said well so I'd play cocaine by clapping or something (laughs) or crossroads but yeah so it always felt natural to me do you ever get a chance to play at Burbanks
3: and do any of their blues uh, shows? Oh yeah, Gary.
4: Well, Gary Burbanks, a good friend of mine. Um, he's you know he's he's retired in Florida now. Mm-hmm. About a little over ten years ago, we started a local charity called Play It Forward, which benefits uh, local musicians that find themselves in catastrophic need. And uh, we've actually they've actually paid out a lot of stimulus checks over this pandemic. You know. Oh great. Yeah, So it's actually, it's, it's got a scholarship now, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's doing okay. But and you had a show is,
3: scheduled in Cincinnati last fall for that event?
4: We did. We did do that. And, and a portion of this show will also uh, go to that as well. So the 420 all, All-Stars? Yeah, yeah, the one we're doing here on Friday.
3: We yeah, did. so tell us a little bit about that. So tell us, you know, tell us about the 420 All-Stars, how did that get started? Sure. Our friend of our, the podcast, Scotty Brasher. oh absolutely
4: yeah yeah he's been on here (laughs) yeah yes yeah yeah i I checked out you guys you guys on uh, spotify oh good Thanks, thank you thing yeah looks great
3: he's like who are these guys are they legit
4: (laughs) (laughs) well my wife was saying that's what she was saying i said no no look look and uh and uh, i guess i I don't know all those guys i know some you know tyler and, and uh steve gorman i haven't seen in years but uh, so I'll tell you about this guy, uh, the, the, the 420 All-Star show. Well, so I haven't had a show since that last show that I played <laughs> last fall. Okay. Um, in between now and then, we, the Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band, we had a live record come out called Straight to You, which uh, we recorded in Germany. Uh, and, and Kenny and I did a little bit of press for that. We just, you know, for XM and Sirius. But I haven't had a, a real show. So I haven't been on a stage this is the longest I have been on a stage probably since I was 16 years old, you know, longest stretch of time. So I figured I might, I need to, uh, you know, force myself back into it and just do a little kind of local show uh, at this uh, brew pub in in my neighborhood, they do, mm-hmm. they, they do proper live music though. It's a, I mean, and we've, we've sold as many seats as we can legally. It's, you know, it's still, we right. still have to socially distance and, we're going to do that on Friday with the 420 All-Stars, which years ago, uh, my friend Jerry Harrison with Talking Heads who's produced many of our albums. he, We were sitting there one, one night and he said, what's your band going to be called? Your solo band? And I said, it's going to be called the 420 All-Stars. And I think we were probably indulging in some <laughs> California's finest at the time, you know, and we both thought that was the funniest thing we'd ever heard. And then, you know, the next day we didn't, you know, it's like, yeah, that's dumb. But then I told the guys, I told the guys, what are we going to call it when I was like making my little side project years ago? And I said, well, what about that? And of course they all loved it. <laughs> the fans loved it. And so that's what we call them. It's kind of a, it's just a silly name.
3: Yeah. It's a good, it's, it's funny though. I mean, you know, it's people, funny, you know, we time you're a blues they're, rock band. You do, st- I mean, that, that, that works really well. They
4: don't even smoke pot. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, <yeah>. <laughs> that's <laughs> what makes it funny. I know. Uh, but, you guys are a bunch of I potheads. Mean, they're cool with it. They're cool with it. But you know, you're, 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 I'm not saying they're not cool with it, man. Uh, but so, and, and that's so it's, uh, it's my cousin Dan, uh, Dan Hunt, a local legend named John Miracle on drums, and that's his real name. And then my high school buddy Alex Hughes, and then Scotty Bratcher, yep. the uh, the kid, and Scotty. For I'm sure your viewer or your listeners know him, but if, if they don't, he's a he, he's one of the great young blues rock guitarists. And we became aware of him. I think he was 11. Um, Guitar Center did a thing. Ja- send us your tape, uh, jamming with Kenny Wayne. I think it was uh, "In Too Deep," the song we had, our the first single off our second record together, and it was done with Guitar Center. And it was, I, I met him that summer. You know, just a little kid, <laughs> uh, and then maybe uh, five years later. No, it was maybe. I think he might have been eighteen or nineteen. Uh, he, I asked him if he wanted to come and, and play with my side project in the basement and he jumped at it, <laughs> you know? So we've been playing together probably almost you know, 16, 17 years now on the side.
3: You know? He's is such a good player, man. He's a character himself. Too. He has he a good stage presence.
4: Yeah. He's great. He's great. You know, and he's got, so he's, he's with a somewhat of a kind of a super group of players, of uh, Nashville players mm-hmm. right now. He probably told you all about that. He
3: did. Yeah. Um, yeah.
4: So Desert that's, city that's ramblers.
3: Of, the desert city
4: ramblers. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and I, that looks like it's starting to take off. So, yeah. And, and that's good for him. I mean, he's still got a great solo career as well, but yeah,
3: man, he's, he's done some great stuff. Like I've seen him play solo a couple of times and always enjoy it. You know, he comes to Columbus. I've seen him and I've gone to Wapakoneta before to see him, which
4: is you know, I played up there with the Bulls. all
3: 33, uh, Rhythm bru- Bruce, yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's the only place really in Wapakoneta. Then. I think that yeah, must
4: t- have been. <laughs> There's
3: so, not a yes. lot going on in Wapakoneta.
4: I know. Yeah. Hey, man, we <laughs> got a stage. But right, that's right. a cool little
3: venue, though they have there. You know, they did put it like that's that's all right. It is. Yeah,
4: and that's sort of the same deal we're doing at this thing. You yeah. Know? Um. So yeah, and it's we're doing we're gonna do a tribute to to Edward Van Halen, who oh no was, shit was a friend of mine um oh you knew so you knew eddie huh oh yeah yeah it was it's so sad you know we first toured with eddie in 98 and sammy hagar had just quit and gary sharon was the singer yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> man we had so much fun that summer yeah, i could tell you all sorts of stories about that we, go ahead We're, uh, not- you know the first night of that tour um i was standing at the side of the stage watching the show and there's a michael anthony had a whole like tent of his own set up on the side of the stage so i'm I'm just standing there watching and the 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 curtains open up and michael anthony's guitar tech kevin dude says hey come here and i'm like you know (laughs) so i go over there and he's like he just hands me a bottle of jack daniels (laughs) and said you drink this i said "Why?" so you know so from the and then and then uh (laughs) After that, Michael stops me the next day. You know, I'm I'm just all shy. I'm just, you know, and he's like, "Hey, I heard you were in my in my dressing room. I heard you were in my bar last night." I'm like, "Man, I'm sorry." He told me to come, and he's like, "No, you better have your ass in there tonight, right when we start." <laughs> <laughs> so, so, man, we would go in there, and uh, and there's a long guitar solo, so I just walk off and wait, you know. So I would <laughs> every night he would meet me in his bar, and we'd do shots of Jack Daniels, and nice. I'd go back out there. One night, Tiger Woods was in there, and, and yeah. Oh my! Yeah, <laughs> we were turning it upside down. It was long. That was kind of this was before all the other stuff.
3: Did, did Michael Anthony have a Jack Daniel's base at one point in I thinking? Did. Somebody else, he did. That's
4: right. He did. He was a, 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 a Colonel, a Tennessee. I think that's Tennessee whiskey. They made him a Colonel, and they, okay, yeah. so he was. Yeah, he had the whole base. That he was. He's one of the greatest guys I've ever met. But and so and and that's when I met Eddie, you know. And you know, I've met so many cool people. But I don't know. I mean, Eddie Van Halen might be the coolest guy <laughs> I've ever yeah, met. Yeah. Especially, especially where he wound up in his life and in his his head. And he was just, you know, he had it all together. He was so, you know, at peace and and really happy. He was like even, even cooler. So yeah, it was a real blow, man. He never really, he didn't let that many people know how bad it was till, you know, till it was too late. But that's Eddie.
1: Yeah. So we're going to anyway, so
4: we're going to do a little, a little thing, little thing for him at the beginning. And uh,
3: somebody better be videotaping that. Oh, put on I'm the sure they
4: will. It'll probably sound like this. <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 So, I'm, we'll try to try to record it ourselves, maybe. So we're doing that. We do a lot of, we do some cover stuff and then we do, you know, some of our stuff and we're doing it. We're doing a number of, of KWS songs because Scotty can kill those and I need to brush up on those sure. myself. <laughs> so
3: when you guys would also cover stuff like voodoo child and stuff, I mean, we're going to pull do that. that back out. Yeah.
4: Big yeah. Big we're going to do that. And some of the stuff that we cover, you know, I would only do that with Scotty other than Kenny, cause he's not a lot of guys can, can do that.
3: No, I saw you guys playing in Columbus. I'm going to say maybe 99 on the BB um, King Blue. I think it was like a yeah. Blues Fest or something mm-hmm. that came through up at the Romani Amphitheater. You guys played that. It was awesome. Like you guys just destroyed. You actually destroyed that whole set. It was fantastic.
4: Yeah, thanks. I think we would. I think we actually destroyed some equipment. That was- <laughs> <laughs> Poor
3: BB didn't have anything to play through. Everything was destroyed <laughs> when he got it, out. there. It was
4: our own equipment. That's how. <laughs> <laughs> well, so.
3: well, getting back to like Kenny Wayne, the Kenny Wayne Shepherd band. You know, you guys are pretty. are actually really successful. Couple songs all over the radio in the late '90s and early 2000s. Yeah, BB uh, King takes you guys on the road. Like, how early were you guys accepted into the kind of like the traditional blues community or by blues artists?
4: Well, not, not early at all. Um, you know, when when we first started, and they didn't the the blues people, the blues society, they didn't want anything to do with us. You know, because we were two white kids. Yeah, you know? And that's yeah, that. And that's, I mean, I, you know, I don't. And young dudes
3: too, right? We were young, we were white. And they
4: said, so it looked, you know, there was some people said, well, that's the only reason they're getting any attention, you know? But the thing is, then we'd show there, there were people, there were blues artists that we played with like BB King Mm -hmm. uh, and Buddy Guy. It's like, and they were like, no, no, no. These boys can play, (laughs) you know? So then when people like BB King and Buddy Guy and, and uh, you know, people like that are starting to say that, no, no, no! These boys are legit. That's why we let them play with us. You know. So then, well, I figured that gave you some legitimacy. He takes you on tour. It was a slow acceptance, you know. But, um, then after we did this project called Ten Days Out, which we went around the country and we went into the homes of some some of these blues artists. I mean, there are there are blues artists all the way from BB King, all the way down to people John D. Holman, people you've never even heard of that. And, and that really helped a lot of these artists, some of them very obscure, to finally find some success. You know? And uh, you know, we gave them all the royalties and, and, and all the stuff from that. And then after that, people, I, the, the, they started to be a little more accepting. So I, think, yeah. I think we won a Blues Award for that whole thing. Um, so you know, it took a while, but it, it, to be honest, I didn't really care. You know, It's like, we do what we do. We're, we we've made two blues records mm-hmm. the rest are blues rock southern rock whatever you want to call it right, you know right whatever music. we do
3: on this podcast that's what yeah, we do. I
4: mean, yeah i mean we do it's like you know like levon helm says in the last waltz what do you call what do you call all that
2: that's rock and roll yep you God. know when you I mix love, I all love of that it.
4: so i mean you know so it's just like we're blues rock artists yep. anyway we never tried to be blues you know artists only like unless we made a you know we made a couple of blues records like i said
3: sure like, so you really had mainstream success before you were accepted by the blues community we did like we had, yeah
4: we had total mainstreams which was unusual too obviously right. in the 90s for a blues rock band you know and it, it did help that we were looked like young rockers because yeah. that's what we were <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah we could just have to know how to play some blues too um but yeah you know our biggest our biggest song blue on black is nowhere mm-hmm. near blues nope Remember, rock and then it, it was turned into a hit again by uh some modern fans which is a heavy metal band <laughs> five finger death punch
3: oh yeah that's <laughs> that's right oh my god i forgot yeah. that that cover even existed now i yeah. have to go look it up i th- i think it's great i
4: love it <laughs> My we were in the car when that song came out at uh we would let you know it would come on and my my daughter says my dad my daughter says daddy can we listen to blue on black but the one that the other guy (laughs) 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 of course you're you're the parents nobody nobody (laughs) thinks their parents are cool like no matter who
3: you are no they don't
4: no no she's she's not impressed at all it's fine (laughs) (laughs) but yeah man when i met those those guys were like huge fans and they were you know it made me feel kind of old but it was cool
3: right well, you guys were part of, like, there was a, a late 90s blues resurgence that came out. It was you. I think Johnny Lang was out. Yeah. I think B.B. King got a little popularity in Eric Clapton really went back to his roots with a lot of blues stuff at that point in time. Like
4: Santana came back. not Santa, like, yeah. But, you know, yeah. like other guitarists, you know, bluesy guitarists. Yeah, there was a definite kind of, getting you know, blues guitar kind of resurgence then. I
3: think you guys were probably one of the, the biggest fans that really helped with that, even though you weren't playing the traditional blues music.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, you know, it, you know, like I've always said, it, it takes it takes raw talent, a lot of preparation, and a whole hell of a lot of luck. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You know, uh, so it, sometimes it all comes together. I'm just I happy know. to... Still be here.
3: Well, heck yeah, man. And you got the 420 All-Stars coming on this Friday. So I mean, it's it's good times.
4: It is. And then, and then on Sunday night, I'm doing an acoustic show with another guy that I play with sometime named Jason Denny. And, and you've done there.
3: a record with him, haven't you? I've, I've done
4: two records. Okay, two. And so while we were in uh, lockdown, I, I wrote another one. <laughs> so we're going to play that on Sunday and uh, see how that goes.
3: So on that album, then is it is it influenced any all by the COVID and all the stuff that was going on? Or is it more a positive outlook type of record?
4: It, it, it's fine. It's pretty positive. Okay. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, over the last, it kind of goes over some of the stuff I've gone through in the last 10 years. I mean, I went through a divorce and some other stuff <laughs> you know, that, that was over five years ago. I mean, it's all cool now, but, and then the, the, I think the record's going to be called fever dream, which is the name of one of the songs. And that's kind of what I felt i was in but that whole yeah. song's about coming out of the Beaver dream so yeah so it's it's definitely we're not it's definitely not wallowing and it it, it hopefully it, it should try to make people feel good so it's
3: been pretty interesting at least with COVID, because so many of you guys who are traditionally just playing show you know 200 shows a year people are recording records all over the place you know tyler yeah. bryan the shakedown did one in like a month they recorded just jamming and did it in like all these guys we're talking to, you know, we spoke with Kevin Mark from Candlebox. He's got an album coming out. Just all these guys. So it, it's kind of, it, I mean, is it cool to at least get a, a chance to sit down and have some time and like not feel rushed? Or like, yes.
4: I mean, how does that work into it? I mean, you know, I, I could have used a year off probably about 10 years ago, for sure. Okay, (laughs) This was not the year I wanted off, man. We were ready to go. We had it all. We had such a great tour book, you know, sold out here, sold out in Europe. You know, and I know that that's going to come back, but, um, you know, I was ready to go. So this was not when I really wanted to, but at the same time, I mean, at times I did relish it because I I did really want to have some time to just sit back and, and, and write and not have to worry about performing. Um, but I'm at a point now that I've been playing music for myself and and trying to create so long. It's like, okay, now I have to put this into reality, you know, put it in front of people. And, you know, so that makes me a little nervous. Uh, You know, I had a bit of a nervous breakdown last weekend, but it's all fine. My wife, she's great. She's, (laughs) I think we're all going to be fine. So yeah, this is a little, this is, you know, the springboard to kind of hopefully get me, back up to when i when we all get on the bus in nashville in june we're gonna be all you know locked in <laughs> you gonna do some cincinnati dates with the guys i think we're gonna play in dayton at the phrase pavilion oh yeah i used to live right by the
3: phrase before i moved up the yeah i was just, just right over the kettering border just right in the
4: south oakwood that's a great little theater oh it's theater. awesome yeah beautiful so I know we're doing that one. We were supposed to play at the uh, down to Riverbend, the other one, the smaller place. Oh, the um, yeah, the pavilion. pavilion. Yeah. yeah. We had yeah. a date there. So that'll come back eventually. I don't know. Okay. This year or next year. I don't know. Columbus,
3: you guys going to come like the Lifestyles Community Pavilion or anything?
4: Uh, I don't know. Okay. I got it. I didn't see that, but we'll get up there eventually. It's all. Well, I might have to come down to the
3: phrase and see you guys. Come on down. Let me know, man.
2: So, Noah, yeah. one thing that we focus on in this podcast is like these regional pockets of music that aren't L.A. and they're not Nashville. although I'm starting to get like a focus on New York City because there's some cool stuff going on up there. there. Really is. Yep. But now, Jay, I've talked to Jason a lot because he's from that area, but it seems like from Dayton to Cincinnati and then going down to Lexington, down through Edmonton and Glasgow and Bowling Green, that Ohio, Kentucky area is, is just so rich with so many great bands. Yeah, I mean, going way back to Kentucky headhunters. And then of yeah. course their drummer is a dad of John Fred young and blackstone cherry. We had Chris on the show, you know, and it, it's, it's amazing. I mean, what, what do you attribute that to? We talked to a band from Dayton called cricket bows. I mean, so what yeah, what's for... your take on that area of the country? That's just given us so much.
4: Well, you know, I mean, um... Back in the, in the, in the 60s and, and 50s, there was a lot of, of blues and, and R&B and stuff coming through. They we were, we were coming from the South on the way to Detroit and Chicago, and a lot of it stopped off here. And so that kind of scene started. But, you know, and then in the 70s, they had the hard rock scene from the, from Detroit and Cleveland, and that kind of seeped down in here. But I think I think that kind of country rock, you know, we're right on the Mason Dixon line here, mm-hmm. you know, so this is like the the where the north and south come together. So and then you got the bluegrass coming up from Appalachia, you got the blues coming from from down south, and you, you got the, the hard rock kind of coming from from the north, and it all kind of mixes here. Uh and there's so I think you know, so many different styles just great bluegrass, great blues, great uh Jazz and R&B, great country. And it, it all swirls together, like Levant said, in Chirac. Um, but I think, I think, I think all those rich traditions of music, I think are still a deeply rooted in this region. And, and I think they they sprout up a lot because of that.
2: Also, um, we always like want to ask, you know, the guests, the artists, like, who else that's been doing this about the same amount of time as you, your age? you have camaraderie with bond with, you know, you mentioned Scotty Bratcher, um, mentioned Tyler Bryant, you know, we we talked to a lot of bands from Southeast and, you know, there's the Georgia Thunderbolts and Tennessee Champagne and Magnolia Bayou. And Otis is from, you know, Edmonton or Glasgow, you know, all these bands, like who are you guys always like, they say there's like only so many degrees of separation when you guys are on the road and hitting festivals. Like, so who, who out there do you have like maybe more of a bond with or,
4: um well i got uh joe bonamaso we've oh uh, yeah known, known for years uh doyle bramhall um uh, you know uh dweezil zappa we're real tight with you um, did a hendrix tour
3: 19 with him like the hendrix experience didn't you yeah yeah, yeah and doyle
4: s- as well too right yeah with doyle, yeah. we got doyle on there uh Warren Haynes, so, we've known for so long, since 98 or something, it's, it's always great, to, you know, we feel a real camaraderie, you know, uh, a lot of guys, Kev Mo, uh these are guys just coming right to, you know, um, uh, uh, Susan and Derek, um, and those guys, Johnny Lang, of course, so, um, you know, we've we've wanted to Kenny and I have wanted to for some years now to kind of start our own festival like the BB King Festival was um, kind of a blues festival but but use like kind of our peers guys yeah. like yeah. Susan, Susan and Derek and Doyle and, uh, you know, uh, Johnny and, and, and that sort of thing. So, so hopefully we were gonna try to get that going last year. Yeah. well
3: look to new york city there's a female fronted band called jane lee hooker that we've had on it's
4: mm-hmm. a
3: good band man i came good across blues them band.
4: once i was on a festival with them and i just I caught some of their set i thought they were great
3: yeah man. twin you know yeah. dual lead guitar players like pretty yeah. cool man they're doing the blues they're doing the blues justice
4: yeah that's great so that's great so, so there yeah man there's a, there's a whole great scene that that's still that's still happening
3: yeah it's a great area, man, and th- that area too, southwestern Ohio, loves music, right? There's so many, like, we already kind of reminisced about some of the venues that you oh, could yeah. play in or, or still can play in. It's, it's just a good area that people would lo- love live music,
4: yeah, they absolutely do. And you know, and, and luckily, I think, and <laughs> hopefully, people all around the world still do because we're about ready to. Uh,
3: oh, I think everybody's music. ready to see live music, I don't think that's going to be an issue. It's going to be there's gonna be a lot of options. What do people choose? Because I think everybody's gonna go on tour at the same time.
4: <laughs> I know. There's not and the the economy's not that great. And I know people are gonna to have to choose. And you know, I mean I get that, man. It's the whole thing's gonna mess. And,
3: you know. that's why there should just be these big tours with all so get your blues thing going that way. You can get everybody at the same time and everybody goes to
4: one place. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're not gonna give up on that.
2: <laughs> <See laughs> Sometime before we die, we want the podcast to sponsor
4: a festival. Well, hey, we, this may be this may be the fruit. This may be <laughs> where it starts, man. Yeah.
3: The all thing blues and southern rock podcast. I mean, you guys are definitely. I mean, a-
4: that's yeah. I mean, that's what we're on to it. Do, you know, both
3: bands or all three bands that you're in. Whatever, take whatever you want, man.
4: <laughs> and you know, I want to say something about the Dakotas too. Uh, the my friend Matteo Nage, who uh, is a, is a Native American that lives down in South Dakota near Sioux Falls right um, we we do a side project too sometimes we do little tours uh, occasionally and his band was called indigenous and they were actually on that bb king tour you were talking about okay um it was him and his, his brother and and sister him and his brothers and sister uh and and he's still around he's amazing he's like dave hidalgo mixed with santana mixed with stevie Ray Vaughan. no kidding amazing and uh yeah that's the. they have recordings so,
3: out like records
4: yeah, look at uh, Indigenous band and you, you huh. see I I can anything is is really good especially. You might even want to get him on there although he doesn't like to talk that much. <laughs> well, that hurts this format a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> is there any music out there from the side project that you did with him? Um, you know,
4: I'm going to I am going to I'm just going to put that on my own. we we're going to deal with record companies and then all this bullshit. So, yeah, no you kidding. know, we're just going to, I'm going to Yeah, I'm gonna do that on my own. You know, I I, my dweezel convinced me of it finally. (laughs)
3: Everybody's (laughs) doing stuff independent anymore. Everybody we talk to.
4: I know. So yeah, I think I'm gonna do that. Yeah, we've got some good stuff though from that. So maybe you maybe want to get him on there. Okay. Yeah.
2: Interesting independent stuff. Like when you guys started, we were kind of like right on the tail end of like what was left of the regular Music business, yeah. so has it been like a, a easier transition from you get for you guys being on the end of that, or has mm. it been difficult? Has it been?
4: It was kind of it was difficult. I mean, because we were, you know, we we came out. It was still going strong. You know, it was still going strong. We were we first. The first two records were really going strong. Then, yeah, the early two thousands, it started to really drop off. So it was, it was pretty difficult for us at the beginning. I mean, luckily people, you know, still love, like, you know, love live music and we were able to. to, But that's
3: uh, what's driving you guys, right? I mean, you don't make any money from recording anything,
4: you know, now we're finally starting to get paid for streaming properly, but that took years and that's still a cluster F, um, you know, we used to sell millions of actual physical units. Yeah. Stuff.
3: Well, you had uh, a number one blues album on the Billboard charts. You've been nominated for a couple of Grammys. You know, I mean, how many total records have you sold with Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band? You know,
4: uh, you know, over over five million probably total over, over the years. Um, but you know, most of that <laughs> in the beginning, yeah. And there's there's a lot, many many streams now. Sure. Millions sure. of streams, millions of pennies. <laughs> uh, coming our way but yeah it's a different world man but all we can do is just keep thank god we can still play
3: yeah yeah and then you know getting more opportunities this summer as things open up more and more vaccines are out there and
4: yeah you know, yeah we get back I, think
3: normal.
4: A, I think it's gonna be okay i miss europe i want to get back to europe though so but
3: uh uk's doing okay they said they were going to start allowing u.s citizens to travel some point in the summer and then We've we interviewed some uh, English bands and English artists, and they're talking. I mean, we start seeing shows pop up for them that they're starting to get like summer, fall at the same time.
4: Well, I hope so. But it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting time.
3: Well, I think everybody's ready. I mean, I don't think you guys are having any problem getting anybody to come out to a show because God knows oh. it's, people are, are dying, dying to get out of their homes and diagnose to to some live music. Yeah,
4: I think I think it's gonna to be too much at first, like you said.
2: <laughs> right. uh, it'll Again, everybody's good. boom, everybody's going <laughs> at
3: the same time. Yeah. You know, good problem to have, I suppose. I guess so, yeah.
2: <laughs> Speaking of being ready, Jason, are we are we getting close to that lightning round part of the show? Uh,
3: yeah. Well, Brian, the question is are you are you done with your questions? Because this, yeah, this has been very okay. I yeah, didn't want yeah. to dominate the Cincinnati stuff. Oh, I'm okay. gonna save it for the speed round.
4: That's okay. You, probably, you can, you can cut good, up but... enough stuff to get you can get a few <laughs> decent sound bites, man.
3: I you're you're fine. So it, the back end of the interview, we always do like a lightning round where I just ask questions and kind of quick answer stuff. So don't don't overthink them. Just okay. you know, um,
4: <laughs> I'm a little scared. All right. All right. No, don't be scared. Getting a little Pepsi in here. Hold on. <laughs> you gotta get the caffeine
3: going. <laughs> all right. Um all right. What was the first record that you
4: remember of buying or owning? Dirty Deeds, done dirt Cheap. Oh, that's right on. That I bought with my own money. Yeah. Hey. I think I was nine. Mine was
3: Weird Al in 3D. I remember that very distinctly. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> <laughs> What's the first concert you ever went to? Uh, Ray Charles.
4: Nice. Where yeah. was that? Taft Theater.
3: Theater. Man, Taft Theater is such
4: a cool venue. Yeah. I think I was about 10. My parents took me, obviously.
3: Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Man, I've seen the crows there a couple of times. I've seen mm-hmm. Over the Rhine. Like that's a nice that's a nice venue to see a show. Really, yeah. Nice. yeah. Ryan Adams. Do you know Ryan yeah. Adams?
4: Uh we have many mutual friends. I would assume. I don't know. And I really like his stuff too. Yeah. Like, uh yeah, Dwayne Betts is good friends with him, and I'm you know I'm good friends with Dwayne and and Brad Whitford's kids are friends with him, and I've yeah, them, and the I yeah from Tyler Shake Shakedown, yeah yeah yeah, and John Mayer knows him real you know and but so I know all those guys, but I've never got to meet Ryan wow. unfortunately.
3: Maybe next time he gets to town. Um, what's your favorite Cincinnati venue?
4: Favorite Cincinnati uh, probably Riverbend Music Center down there. I just you know I have a lot of memories of summer summer memories down there and i still like to play there when i get a chance to go through you know oh
3: heck yeah dude i've seen so many shows there and sweating my butt off in yeah. the lawn or at the pavilion and seeing crazy
4: things fights and yeah yeah, yeah. so that that's got a special place in my heart
3: it's a, it's a man it's just beautiful and having be able to look well you guys can't because you're looking the opposite way but as a audience member seeing you know the boats on the on the, on the yeah. river and all that kind of stuff it's always super cool and coney island right next door and
4: yeah. The last time horse I played, the horse races, yeah. Yeah, the last time I actually played at that was with Van Halen.
3: The oh, no before. kidding.
4: Yeah. twenty That was about 5 years ago.
3: When you were when you guys were with Van Halen. Now this is going off of my speed round. Um did Kenny Wayne and Eddie Ever get together like a like a sound check or do anything and just like get after it?
4: No, not really a sound check. Sometimes in the dressing room. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I was I was always afraid to you know, and a few time, one time he even tried to hand me his guitar, and I was good to do it. That sounds,
3: you didn't know? start like finger tapping and stuff. Off. I can't, I can't
4: do it. It's I'm not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh shit. Okay. What is your favorite venue to play as, a, as an artist? Wow. The um, Riverbend.
4: Well, Riverbend's one of them. Sure, that with the sentimental value, and you know, some of those places out. The Greek Theater has got a Great, oh yeah, in L.A. Yeah, great vibe to it. Um, the Beacon Theater in New York is cool. You know, I I played at Carnegie Hall one time, and wow, it didn't really blow me away, but huh. it was cool. That was cool, but it was it felt like I had to be too careful. It felt like playing at a, a nice church, and you know, didn't want
3: to break anything.
4: Yeah, yeah, that was kind of a letdown,
3: but okay. You know, um, yeah. If you could play with one band or artist for one night, living or dead, anybody, who would it be?
4: Oh, geez, maybe I've I've never met David Gilmore. Got to play with him. Maybe uh, maybe David Gilmore and, and Pink Floyd, <laughs> sit in with them. I mean, you know, maybe. Uh, of course, I'd love to try to sit in with Jimi Hendrix one time. <laughs> would you so. sing or
3: would you play? What would you do?
4: I think I'd sing. I think he'd he probably want me to sing.
3: <laughs> what what song mostly would you want to perform with him?
4: With him, I don't know. Uh, Gypsy eyes. Okay.
3: Off the top of my head. Yeah. What if we said hey and set like Pink Floyd? who would you? What song would you choose?
4: Floyd. Uh, let's do Run Like Hell or oh. Young Lust or something like that. Yeah.
3: Good choices. You don't hear too many people say those, but that's
4: a Young Lust would be cool. Yeah, I can play that pretty good on guitar. <laughs> See? And I can sing with it. <laughs> uh, favorite guitar brand? Guitar brand? Yeah. Uh, God, I gotta be. Uh, t- oh, what, uh, do you, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, all right.
3: <laughs> Somebody's got a contract. Sponsorship. <laughs> um, all right, moving on. Um, who's your favorite blues
4: artist? My favorite blues artist, Muddy Waters. Okay. Who's your favorite rock artist? Um, my favorite rock
1: artist. Oh, my goodness. That's tough.
4: That's, that's uh, I don't know. It would have to be a band, right? No, no. Could be an individual.
3: Could be in, you know anybody in that, that genre.
4: My favorite rock artist. Who's the greatest rock artist I don't know, man. Elvis. Well, Elvis was great. Um,
3: On the Beatles, Stones, probably,
4: probably, uh, you know, probably the Beatles, probably the overall, I guess. Uh, you
3: have a favorite Beatle?
4: <laughs> yeah. I, well, John. Okay. All right. John, f- favorite? Yeah, best rock would yeah be the Beatles or maybe Hendrix. I the almonds.
3: There's a lot of the good to to choose from. Black Sabbath. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Who's
3: your favorite Cincinnati area artist? My favorite
4: band? one, uh, probably a guy named Larry Goshorn he used to be in a band called Pure Prairie League. Oh yeah, yeah Amy, right? Yeah. Amy's a yeah. big hit. Yeah. And he was a good friend of my dad's uh, since the beginning, and he uh, he he taught me a lot growing up. Taught me how to use a tuner on stage and how to be professional and stuff. And he was great. Nice. He's still around. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's my personal favorite.
3: Yeah. Okay. Have you ever performed with Freak Bass? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a good dude.
4: Yeah. I know. <laughs> I love Chris. Yeah. I do. <laughs>
3: Brian, look up Freak Bass after this. Trust me. Yeah.
4: Freak. I, I always call him Chris because that's how I used to know right? him. But yeah. But yeah. I love I love Freak Bass. <laughs>
3: so, all right. Let's, we're going to do some Cincinnati centric stuff here. So. All right. Reds or Bengals? Reds. Who's your favorite Reds player of all time?
4: Uh George Foster. Oh nice. He's and bald, George man. Foster or Barry Larkin. Maybe okay. Either yeah, one.
3: yeah. Well, you can't go. You can't. There's so many good Reds. I know, really I know. But
4: those two them, stick right? those two always stick out for me. Yep.
3: Um what's your favorite Reds team of all time? Do you have one? Well, 76. Okay. Big right yeah. in the heart of the big red machine era. Yeah, that's as, a, you as Can't a, go yeah, wrong. Those guys are
4: like superheroes, you know. Seriously. Yeah.
3: Um, okay. And the Breads are playing pretty well this year. I mean, they're doing okay. They're, they're, they're hanging they're in there. Yeah, they're hanging in there. They smoked the Pirates last night. So we, we got that. that. <laughs> All right. This is the most important Cincinnati question I'm going to ask you. Of, of, okay. So I have to, make sure I have to. you get it right. Skyline or Gold Star?
4: Skyline.
3: Okay. Oh. All right. <laughs> You're not banned from the podcast.
4: Although I'll tell you what, Gold Star has a really good vegetarian chili. Which I wish there's,
3: no, there's nothing wrong with Gold Star Brian, but in Cincinnati, the lines are, are driven by are you a Skyline Chili or a Gold Star Chili
2: person? Ah,
4: but I like that vegetarian kind from, from Gold Star. I'll have to right? check
3: it out next time I'm down south
4: because there are cool. no Gold Star Chilis. What,
2: what's the best uh, place to eat in Cincinnati, you guys?
4: Oh, there are several places Montgomery and uh, for the rest. Well, ribs. that's uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's my choice. There's several. Pla- I mean, there's some great steakhouses. Ruby's Steakhouse yeah, is great. Uh-huh. There's a place yeah, called the Precinct. Yep. There's a there's a great uh, foodie kind of place called Boca, uh, which is a kind of a French place. But you know, it's there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of good places. It's it's uh, it just depends on what you want.
3: Brian, if you came down, I would take you to Montgomery Inn for the ribs. You just got to oh. do it.
4: Yeah, you would like. I mean. Th- they're a kind of a, a southern style. They're sweet, to, but they they have their own thing going.
2: Yeah, there's going to be a trip to Cincinnati pretty soon. Well, you there's have a cousin down
4: around. here, don't you? Yeah. Or oh, you'll have fun down there. Yeah.
3: So I'm glad you answered skyline, though. That's good. Um, <laughs> what's the best Cincinnati beer?
4: Ah, uh, geez. Probably that you know stuff. I, the most popular one probably is Rheingeist. Yeah, that's um, a good one. There's a place there's a place down here near me that everybody likes called Streetside. You know, my wife my wife uh I met my wife in Germany. She's a uh, she's European. Okay. She's born in Macedonia but she spent most of her adult life in Germany. So she's who I ask huh. what the where the beer is good. I know she loves the Rhine guys and well, she really likes the Streetside place. They make it right out in the back. It's you know.
3: a big German city, right? That is the Germans, yeah, yeah. founded it, so,
4: so. So I'm going on with, that's what, those, those are the two that, that she would say. She is better than me. What part of Germany is she from? Uh, the north, south of I, the North Sea, Bremen, Wittmann, There, My mother-in-law H-
3: is mother from Schwenigen, the Black Forest region. Yeah, that's a little, that's it. Yeah, um, that's yeah down there. And my father's so, from yeah. Netherlands. My
4: father-in-law's from the Netherlands.
3: So my wife's like foreign. Yeah.
4: Yeah, well, that's closer to where she was. She's lived closer to the border than the Netherlands. Yep. There. Yep, Which I love. Sure. I, mean, I love that whole area. That's great, man.
3: Great people, great food, great beer.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Just super nice. Um, all right. So we'll get out of the Cincinnati stuff so we won't, you know, so so Brian can follow along. All
4: right, yeah.
3: That's what happened with the Bratcher too. We talked a lot of Cincinnati dates. So <laughs> I can't, I mean, you guys are from my area, so you know, I know about it.
4: Sorry, Brian. <laughs> it's all good. Like, he's like hell with it, man. I just sit here and let <laughs> you idiots <Killed> talk. <laughs>
3: That's that's why he hired me on this podcast. I'm not the original co-host, so you know. <laughs> um, what's the song that you wish you wrote?
4: Oh man, jeez. There, you know, one that I wish I wrote is Ryan Adams' song "Sweet uh, Carolina."
3: Oh yeah, yeah.
4: That comes to mind. I wish I would have wrote. It. That's one of the ones I wish I would. Have wrote. Sweet. Good Carolina.
3: call. Now bring it back to Ryan Adams.
4: Uh, what's the best song you've written? I don't know maybe a song there's a song called, that's called Alone that uh, a lot of people like and there's a song that Kenny and I wrote called Where Was I that I those those are two that are, I think are really good
3: yeah why do you like those two is there anything particular about they're,
4: they're just they, they seem to be the most endearing and you know always they seem to have the most effect on people I guess okay
3: uh, what's the greatest performance you've ever seen?
4: Wow. Um, great. I, I saw the Noah brothers perform at Bogarts uh, back in the, on the yellow moon tour. And that was one of the greatest performances that I remember seeing ever. Yeah, that, that sticks out. I mean, I've seen so many, but that one, that one comes to mind immediately.
3: Okay. Well, that's, that's right. Good. And these are like, you know, quick. So pops into your head when's one time you were performing where you just felt everything was working at the same time. And like, you know, you kind of leave your body. Can you remember a time like that? Everything was just clicking.
4: I I remember I, it happened. It happens a lot. Um, I remember the nights that that doesn't happen (laughs) the most. (laughs) Ideally that's how I want to feel every night, you know, right? Right. once you get into a groove, usually like at the beginning of a tour, you don't feel that way. And at the end, when you can see the, you know, you can see the, the horse can smell the barn. You start to <laughs> let down, but you're like, when you're in the middle of all that and you're just, you feel good. And ideally every night should feel like that. And, and a lot of them, God willing, a lot of them still do. Good. Always love to
3: hear that, man. That, that's, it's a, that's a sign that you're playing with a good band. Like you guys are all kind of connecting and yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, Okay, we're getting here towards the end, so you're almost off the hook. What's a guilty pleasure song, band, or artist that you have? Guilty pleasure, huh? <laughs>
4: Jeez.
3: something we might be surprised to hear that you like.
4: Um, I, I mean, I, I guess like a death metal band like Opeth or uh, Mastodon. Mastodon.
3: hey man, Mastodon's pretty, like they have a lot of cred. I mean, yeah, no,
4: I I like, I like really some really kind of, uh, you know, stoner rock, like sleep and high on fire, stuff like that. Stuff that my wife can't stand.
3: (laughs) I've never heard of those bands. I'm going (laughs) to check those out. Yeah,
4: check those out.
3: (laughs) All right. Last question. It's a, it's a little bit longer format one, but you've already gave us a good answer, but I want to hear another one. Uh, tell us a good story, a tour story, something from the road that really sticks out in your mind. Maybe you haven't pulled before.
4: Oh, man. Well, you know, I, I always think back to the early days. Um, but our first after we recorded our first record, Trouble Is, we went the record didn't come out. We went right on tour opening for Leonard Skinner. Um, so, I mean, I literally went from bars to opening for Linda Skinner. And the guy that came on before us was another guy that I know now. And one of my idols, Paul Rogers. He oh yeah, yeah. before us. And I'm like, this is wrong. Uh, but like, if, like he was three Paul Rogers.
3: and back yeah, Paul Rogers. yeah. He
4: was just, it was like late, late nineties. He was just kind of coming back at, yeah. doing his own thing. And uh, so I, it was a, like I said, I've said this a lot. It's been, it was a whirlwind. It was, you know, uh, and I had not really. We had been on the road maybe a couple of weeks, and we had ended up in California, and we had become friendly with uh, with some of the some of the daughters of the band member, like uh, Ronnie Van Zant's daughter Melody, would come out, and we, we were friends with her and some of the backup singers' daughters, because like, they were more our age, mm-hmm. and so I, I didn't really know the guys in Skinner yet. I hadn't really met them, but I, so what we went out to the Roxy. We went out on sunset, you know, with the girls. <laughs> we did it a great time. And, and, that, and you know, nothing really happened. And we all, all went back and the next day we were playing in San Bernardino and our crew says, Hey, Skinner is pissed. Don't let any of those guys see you. They all want to stomp your ass. And we were like, what, why? They said, because those girls aren't even 18. And we were like, what? <laughs> yes, they are. We said, they are like, you know." They were like, no, they're fake IDs. cuz oh. girls are underage, and they they literally want to kill you. And we were like, what? they were like, and I was like, you're you're full of bullshit. I I, I didn't I didn't believe it, you know. But of course, we were all nervous as heck. So <laughs> we didn't see them at all, you know. We, and we go out on stage, we do our thing, and as cool as we were all acting, I can guarantee you, every one of our asses was back in that dressing room two seconds after we were off stage. <laughs> <laughs> and we're addressing, it's like a locker room, you know, it's in one, it's like an arena or something. And it's a locker room. And I remember the bass player went back and was taking a shower and we were all just sitting up there. And just like that, someone was not knocking on the door. They were kicking the door as hard as they could. <laughs> and we said, come in. <laughs> and literally the door slams open the entire Skinner band, all seven of them full, stage gear man full you know hair and everything man the the bandanas and everything else man they come in there and they said which one of you motherfuckers took our girls out on town last night and we were just in shock and we all pointed back to where the bass player was in the shower (laughs) and they all stormed back in there into the shower and and stormed in on him during he's naked you know and they were like Boy, what are you doing, washing off the evidence? You know, and 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 we were just we didn't, and they all came, and then they came out and they grabbed us and they hugged us and they said, ah, ha, ha. they were laughing, and we were, that was the big welcome to the the tour prank. So were those we were girls friends. really underage or were they not? No, no. Okay, okay, that was okay. their
3: whole. Rest. Okay, they uh, that was they part were, of the no, joke. Nobody okay. was underage. Okay. nobody, no <laughs> crimes pretty, were
4: committed. It's a pretty good joke. I'll, I'll give him that. We were scared. Good well, one. You know, and, and that's how we met them. And, you know, we're still friends with those guys to this day, but that was a, that was one I can tell. on
3: <laughs> You can tell anything on the pod. I mean, it's I not know, like, you know, know, we're not losing these sponsors over here for anything. <laughs> you might. Yeah. No, I mean, like JD that. Simon was involved in uh felonies at 15 with somebody. Now he didn't do them, but he was just along. We've had all, all sorts of stuff, you know, Jane oh, Lee sure. Hooker walked into an orgy and,
4: like, you know, yeah i mean yeah i know Stuff we, happens we didn't invent any of this shit. <laughs> that was you know relatively tame to some of the stuff i've heard okay good
3: <laughs> um noah where do we go to check out all your stuff do you have a home page you want to promote kennyway shepherd like where do we go where do we find out about your charity
4: uh well you know yeah you know, noah hunt kws band on facebook uh mm-hmm. you know, uh hunt noah kws something on instagram um i yeah i have to i'm rebuilding of the website so that, that's that's coming later this year once again okay. so you can you can find out most of all the stuff from uh social media at KennyWayneShepherd.net that'll uh or com either one that'll get you all the kws news okay so
3: well man it was a pleasure having you on here thanks for coming on and uh, giving us your time and you know well, having pleasure, a little fun man. here
4: my pleasure. I hope we didn't talk too much about Cincinnati, but uh, no. <laughs>
3: uh, you know what? It's Brian can deal with it, it's okay. I, it, it, it's the cool. he, he puts up with a lot with me. Trust <laughs> me. He's he's very he's a very kind, generous
4: dude. Well, this is a lot of fun, you guys, and le- thanks for having me on. I
3: hope for to sure, see man. You guys come in back someday. Oh yeah, dude. If you come to the phrase, I'm gonna try like hell to get
4: down there. I'll let you know. Let
2: me know. All right, for All the right. listeners, thank you so much, Noah. Noah Hunt from the Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band and 420 All-Stars with our friend Scotty Bratcher. Thank you so much, Noah. It just means the world to us for you to be on here, and we've had a great time talking with you. You're a great dude, and if you wouldn't, uh, if, you wouldn't if I could talk, I would say <laughs> if you wouldn't mind uh, just hanging out for a couple minutes after we get done rolling and, and thank you so much.
4: No problem, man. my pleasure, Brian. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, Jason.
2: Thanks to Noah Hunt for being on the the podcast. Uh, we're right back here after talking to him, and uh, we definitely have found another super awesome guy, really down to earth, great to talk to, very funny, very pleasant, very warm, very everything positive. Uh, I really got a kick out of you guys talking about Cincinnati.
3: <laughs> so did I. Uh, you know, it's fun to talk to somebody from the same area that you generally are knows the thing, you know, cause it's just a good connection point. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, if it went bored you to death, I would have gotten some nitty gritty details about some of the venues and some things. And, but I didn't do it because nobody wants to hear that other than me. If I see him in the show and get a chance to chat, then I'll take, then I'll do it.
2: You know, I like that. He, uh, he had the tour story before you even answered the question, I know. but we got two great stories.
3: I mean, Come on, like Van Halen, that is, c- can you imagine that? Like hanging out with Michael Anthony, drinking some whiskey and, and and with Tiger Woods?
2: Yeah, I would have liked to hear some more about that.
3: <laughs> so I, I'm sure he had a ton of me. We got a good Van Halen story, a, a really good Leonard Skinner story at the same time. That was a pretty good joke they played on him.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny. I kind of thought it was leading into that.
3: I was hoping so, because but you never know, right? Like you just you hope for the best, and that's a that was a really good setup those guys had. Give them credit.
2: Yeah, and another thing we didn't even have to ask him. I've always wondered about that for him and like Johnny Lang, like how much of a you know difficult was it that everything got so much focused on their age instead of them just being great guitar players. And it kind of seems like now, like with guys like Tyler Bryant, like he hasn't had to deal with the whole. Age thing because he started out real young too,
3: yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it's just because now everybody has to tour and play, and they maybe they get a little more respect when they see you live versus my singles all over right. the radio, all over MTV. You know, I, I don't know because those guys, I mean, the blue on black song, if you remember that song, was oh, yeah. all over for it's a great song, but you know, that they had a couple other songs, but they, were, they were all over the radio for a good four or five years for sure, like just MTV. You know, you just couldn't get away from
2: him, mm-hmm.
3: Fine, because it was good stuff.
2: And he definitely knows a lot of people.
3: He di- yeah, he knows a lot of people. He knows now he knows Freak Bass who <laughs> Brian.
2: I'm yeah. gonna find out about Freak Bass.
3: You should find out if you're a bass player, you should find out about Freak Bass, man. I've I done will. a show with Freak Bass before.
2: Okay, well I'll accept that assignment.
3: <laughs> but again. You know what was funny? You did ask the question of like, why is it kind of like this, the Ohio and, and Kentucky area always, so good music? Always. His story was really similar to what we heard from Crickabo's when, you know, right? It was like all these different people passing through and kind of land here and bring yeah, those I mean, just of
2: stayed. Of
3: yeah, that's kind of, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot of Ohio for you. They kind of get here and they stay, but uh, you know, good good stuff. i I I would love to go on that 420 all Stars show Mm -hmm. on Friday night. I can't because of the work thing, but uh, I hope they get to do it again so I can see him or even Kenny Wayne Shepard. If they're going to come through Dayton at the phrase, I will definitely try to get down there and see him. Cause that's, I mean, Kenny, Kenny can play.
2: Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And speaking of staying uh, the listeners that have come here, we hope you stay. And uh, as you stay, uh, we always say, Always remember, Southern rock is reverent and blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
1: I ain't looking for a one-time girl. I need a little more to light up my world. I want a woman like I want. To a new kind of cool, kind of conversation. I want a woman, yeah, I want a woman like you. Now give me that. Gift.